Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Welcome to The Underlay, where you go inside and under the flooring industry. It's, of course, a Clever Choice podcast. With me every week is my uh, co-host and GM of Clever Choice, Michael Roberts. How are you, mate? Matt, feeling really well. Feeling um, feeling pumped. Body's a bit sore. Been uh, cross-fitting for the last four weeks now, so starting to feel my body being alive. Really? Well, okay. Really, you feel alive? I do really feel alive. Okay. Um, I think mentally I've been alive and, you know, growing clever choice, but probably abusing my body for the last several years at least. Um, so getting back in the gym and, you know, getting parts moving that probably haven't moved in several years is yeah. actually feeling good. Mm, excellent. Okay. Well, we've got, a, we've got a big show today. We've got uh, a full house. We've got a, a team of four. Yep. We, last week we had, uh, we had last episode, we had you and Robert dialing in from Melbourne. Yes. And got a bit of history on, on the flooring industry. Over we did. 47 years of history. Yeah. 47 years. That's yeah. scary. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't, I could never imagine doing a job for 47 years. Yeah, it's um, it's a long time, isn't it? It it's, is. Um, you know, majority of of any one person's life. Yeah. Um, St Kilda fan for much longer than that. Yeah, well, unfortunately, which is probably harder. They bowed out, didn't they? They did. Uh, St Kilda, um, big AFL boys coming up on our show. We today. do. We've got we've got uh, we've got our uh, Victorian State Manager with us today, Mr Ian Walker. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. But it's not often we get people on twice, so consider yourself very lucky. Oh, I consider myself lucky, Matt. <laughs> Just working with Michael, you know, he was very lucky every day. That's an honour in itself. <laughs> and joining us from uh, South Australia, apparently he is the man in South Australia for Floor World, Dean Benuto. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, boys. Uh, thanks for having me. Mate, it's been, it's, it's a pleasure. It's, you're our first uh, South Australian. Uh, the city of churches. I, I went to South Australia once uh, for the rugby sevens many years ago. Um, I'm yet to go back again, but but it is on it is on the list of of destinations to get back to. Mate, uh, all I think about when I think about South Australia is great white sharks. So, had any run-ins with any great whites down there, mate? No, mate. Uh, if you head down to Port Lincoln, there's some. Seriously big ones, but uh, my attitude is uh, that's their land, and uh, I'll stay on the uh, on our side of the, of the fence, mate. Uh, did a bit of diving as a youngster, and uh, had a few little scares along the way, and yeah, that was enough for me. Wow, brave man, brave man. Well, mate, uh, from what I'm hearing, we've got we've got quite a bit to delve into with you today, Dean. Yeah, but four stores in South Australia. Tell us a little bit about your journey into the flooring industry and then into floor world, please. Yeah, um, sort of uh, got involved around uh, 20. Uh, so that was probably very late 80s, early 90s. Um, the recession that we had to have, if we go back long enough. Um, started my journey with a company called Carpet Call, which um, are obviously fairly big organization nationally um was on and off with them for about six years so i really learned uh more of the sales craft with those guys more than than anything uh they were quite a uh, a very strong organization in sales and from there eventually got my first franchise with solomon's of all places um in about 97 and uh, we did that for a couple of years and sold it. Um, and then I got involved with Carpet Court uh, for oh, probably 20 odd years. And, um, and then eventually uh, was moved, moved out of that and uh, landed with Floor World with, uh, with Bob Crotty. And I've been with them for probably wow. four, four and a half years, yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, we just spoke about 
we just spoke about Robert being 47 years. Like, you'd be pretty close, like, from what you've just said then. Yeah. Yeah, about 33 years, I reckon, something like that. So, uh, look, it's been an interesting journey. It's it's had a lot of highs and it's had a few lows, like everything that happens in life. But uh, I still still absolutely love the sales side of it. Um, still enjoy the majority of people. Um, love the, the bling of the sale. <laughs> love seeing the staff do well. Um, but, yeah, there's certainly... There's aspects of business that are pretty similar, whatever whatever industry you're in. Um, but overall, it's it's been very good for me, very good for me. So over over that thirty odd years, um, what are some of the main changes you've seen? You know, we talk about the industry here a lot, and um, what are some of the main changes you've seen um, over the last thirty plus years? Yeah, probably seen the the biggest change of uh, from a. Flooring uh, carpets have obviously had a major demise, um, and there's been the uh, you know the, the the change of hard floors, and probably the the amount of change of category types uh, from hard you know natural timber, laminate, hybrid, direct stick, parquetry. It's it's obviously a a lot more to know now compared to when I first started. Back when I first started, it was pretty well full house of carpet and a bit of vinyl in the kitchen. Um, so, you know, you learn a bit about that and how to sell the, the advantages, but now there's there's just so much more involved, floor prep. Um, so someone coming into the industry, it takes a lot longer to, to get them to the where you really want to, I suppose, compared to uh, when I first started, you basically had two, three, four weeks, and if you're either cutting the mustard or you're gone. So uh, now, uh, you know, you, you, you really need to have six, seven, eight months to really get your head around just the basics of, uh, of this game. So that's probably the biggest thing. And then uh, technology's probably starting to... Um, to, uh, to get involved, and, and I guess over the next 10, 15 years where a lot of owners uh, retire, um, that's probably going to where we see the biggest change, where some younger people come in with new ideas and new ways of doing things, um, the technology. I think that's going to be the biggest change. Um, but, you know, in terms of trades people, that hasn't changed. That probably never will change, um, except the amount of money they're making. There, it's certainly a very, very well paid trade to get involved in, and I would recommend any young person to get involved in it for sure. Yeah, technology is a real interesting thing, isn't it? Um, we we've been speaking about it in house as well, and we're starting to see you know a lot of these new programs and. All that starting to come through, uh, visualizers, QR codes. Uh, I guess for you know us sort of dinosaurs that have been around a long time, it's really learning to embrace these new technologies. And like you said, it's definitely changing the landscape of the way that we go about connecting with our clients as well as um, I guess selling our products. Yeah, I think that's that's correct. Um, yeah, the way we. The way we uh, we go about doing things is slowly changing in that sense. Um, so it become a bit more of a consultative process rather than a salesperson. But look, the, the salesperson will still be formidable. Uh, it'll just be done a bit differently um, how you get from A to B. But um, look, people in general still want to speak to someone. Um, it's just when they do it is a little bit more further down the track as technology uh, comes through and our uh, high-tech young people come through. That, that, that's the way I think they're going to be doing business. It will be more of a consultative process and, uh, and then uh, just finish it off face-to-face, which might make it a bit harder for blokes like me, so, but uh, hopefully by then I'll be out of, out of it. <laughs> well, I... I think it actually puts a, a bit more pressure on the uh, suppliers 
to to get their information and their marketing right so that when people come into stores they have the relevant information and really you're just there to consult make sure they pick the right thing confirm what they're what they're thinking we'll show them something different show them another option but so it really does put a lot of pressure on people like clever choice to make sure that that they're at the top of the game making sure that they're they're doing the things to give the the end user the information to make it an, an easier sell for you guys i, I would assume yeah I, I think the information suppliers provide and the quality of their websites and that type of thing uh is certainly yeah it's amazing really the information that a consumer can get so um like i said uh, a lot of the sort of smarties or the young young people come through that are young professionals will, will do a lot of their research and uh their decision making based on that and then we really need to be just at the end of the point putting a nice face to it and just giving a little bit of information and, and then just showing them how to purchase the product. That's that's really where I see it in the next five to 10 years. So yeah, you're up, you did, you did right. the, the, uh, the quality of the websites and the information they're providing almost need to be a, a sales transaction leading the consumer down a tunnel um, to, the to the retailers and then it's up to the retailers to finish it off. For sure. Yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, Matt and I here, um, Matt from Straight Up Digital, our marketing team, we speak a lot about how we can make sure we have, you know, the information on our website. We've got all the social media. Um, we're learning all these new technologies and embracing all these new technologies, um, which in essence then helps drive um, information and customers to you that's right um you know over there in adelaide you're you're actually you're one of our biggest supporters there and you know i want to take this um point here to thank you um what is it about clever choice that um you like dealing with and why you are one of our biggest clients in in adelaide well it's quite interesting because um uh when Ian came and visited us a couple of years ago i think he um he came and showed me a, 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 a nine mil, which we call down here our mega board. That's how we, we've said it. And I told him that uh, we'll do X and he probably didn't believe me. And I said, well, what you need to do is get involved with, a, with this particular salesperson and uh, you need to get the product within six feet of where he sits because um, he has a six foot rule and he sells 80% of his stuff within that uh six feet of where he stands so um look and to his credit went out there and visited him um the salesperson oscar concern said i'll sell it um and uh it was a genuine point of difference which it is it's a point of difference to the market and uh well the rest is history i think um you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of square metres later. Um, I think we proved our point so, and his point. So, um, look, it's been a fantastic product. Um, we find it very, very easy to sell. Um, it's got some great selling features, some good colours. And uh, and while that's the case, it, it, it'll keep still working. So it's been very successful. And no claims, which is great. So our layers have laid it pretty well and uh, yeah, just been really happy with it. It's been a very profitable product. So that's probably the first sticking. Uh, supply has been pretty good. Um, I haven't had too many issues with supply. Um, Ian, by majority of the time, is, is, has been very good following everything up. And if he hasn't, um, he's taken responsibility and and got it sorted. So I don't think you can ask for too much more, can you? And he does, he does, he, he provides a pretty good meal every now and then. Well, I was going to, I was going to say is that I was going to say that you can have all the, all the product and, and the website and, and everything, but it's still that face to face. Right, and obviously, Ian, this is where you step in. Obviously, you you look after Dean and, and the stores there in, in South Australia. So, mate, 
tell us a bit about that, Ian, about when you walk into a, a store for the first time and you and you want to build a relationship with someone, do you foresee that, you know, years down the track that you'll be in a position where you are today with, with Dean? Um, pro- probably not to that extent, but I think it's, Michael said it before, it's about communication. It's, it's about knowing your product as well. When you walk into a store, you need to have that confidence to know what you're talking about, to have the, the benefits and features. And you've also got to have the right fit where Dean was the right fit for us in South Australia because for us, less is more. Um, we didn't want to over-saturate the market in South Australia. We just looked for certain stores to, um, to support us and we gave that same support back and that's worked um, extremely well with Dean and his sales team. It's not just Oscar. Um, and our full credit to to um, other staff as well that he has going. It's a, a really good team that he has in South Australia. Um, and that's probably why it's worked for us. Um, and it's, it's good to have that feedback and also the commitment from Dean at his level right through. So it's been really good. You know, you've got, you've got quite a big area to service yeah, no, we, we, we do. Uh, I, I guess, you know, being opening floor world in South Australia, um, you know, people people sort of said, oh, floor world, who's floor world? And uh, it was probably quite a reasonable uh, question. But, um, no, we, we went with floor world because uh, we had a, a, a great feel with Bob Crotty. Um, but we also liked the idea of... Um, if and when we wanted to grow the brand, uh, there wasn't the restrictions like, you know, because we were the only people there. So um, it, it gave us the opportunity to um, make up for, you know, if we made any potential mistakes in the past or the mistakes that we've made, how can we rectify them or, or, or get better at it? And, um, you know, one thing that we learned from it is, um, you know, the majority of people with brands um it's just a shop front if you get them into the store um it just comes back down to people as we've discussed and um as long as the shop the shops are presented really well uh and they're in the right locations you, you'll get some decent traffic and then that's where the marketing from the group and suppliers uh over time you know helps build a brand so um yes it is a big area but um, if you're in the right locations, people will come. Um, and if, you, if your offer is well-priced, uh, decent service, decent salespeople, the rest will, uh, will take care of itself. And uh, thankfully, that has been the case such far and should continue in the, in the foreseeable future. So, Ian, your, your area that you service is, is huge, right? If you're going from, you know, in, in Victoria there all the way over to South Australia... So Dean said before that, uh, you know, there's some good meals to be had. I'm sure that those trips are good when you build relationships with these people and you can you can spend some quality time with them and, and maybe over a meal and, and, and that's how you take your business to the next level, right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, to, to be able to spend time away from the store, having one-on-one with the with people like Dean, the owners, and, and to communicate and get your message across and also have to listen to what, their expectations are and what they want back their feedback it's invaluable um you have that connection to to be able to go to the next level it's important they're not just a number to me um all my accounts that i look after um i I class them as personal friends i mean dean's got a guy called paul bevan working for him who's a close mate of mine now and he's in operations uh for for dean and we have a great relationship and it's all through flooring and through dean it's it's I don't know how to put it, but it's just the way you communicate and you click with people. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but most of the time it does. And, you know, we can be thankful. I know Michael's made some very long-standing relationships out of flooring. We become friends. It's more than just a job. So you're not just an account manager. Um, It goes beyond that. And to be able to have that ability to, to have that strength to build those relationships with these people, it's uh, it's very rewarding. Yeah, you're right there, Ian. It is more than just flooring, uh, which I think is uh, actually Floorworld's uh, tagline. But it, it, a lot of it is relationship. A lot of it is um, 
you know, as we've spoken about Robert, 47 years, Dean, 30 plus years, um, you know, you and I, Ian, been in it over 20 years. It's long-term relationships. And I think, you know, if you look at all businesses, you know, yes, you can have the best product. Yes, you can have, you know, especially the nine mil clever hybrid, the best product on the market. But without the team, <laughs> without the team and the service and the relationships, uh, it's all nothing. Um, you know, it's it's what it's all built on. And I, I guess with our industry, a lot of it is business partnerships. Um, and that's where Clever and Floor World, you know, over 20 years now, I've had a great, strong business relationship. And that's what it's all about, um, you know, is incorporating work and life together. Uh, that's right. It's uh, It's been a very... Very good relationship, and, uh, and and I think that's how you can, you know, obviously grow both businesses and uh, the trust that gets involved. So, look, it's it's working, and sometimes you just don't want to spoil something that's working. So I think uh, you know you just keep doing the same thing, and the grind, as I call it, you know, doing the same thing. Uh, if you do it consistently enough for a long long enough, you will get the results in in any aspect of life. And, yeah, that's my attitude, and I think that's what uh, uh, Floor World and and um, I've been able to create with Clever Choice. So it's been great. So having four stores, having four stores over there in Adelaide, uh, you must have a huge team. Uh, a little birdie told me that uh, you were playing high level AFL um, back in the day, and still involved in coaching. Um, tell us a little bit about that, and then how. Obviously, that's incorporated then into your teammanship for, you know, how you run your businesses. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was probably quite fortunate. I was, um, uh, I guess you call a, a reasonable athlete in my, uh, you know, pre-20. Um, so, yeah, I, I got involved with Centrals at the time, which was in the 80s, which was um, in the Santa Fe. So... Um, that was, I, I guess, the equivalent today of the TAC uh, under 18, under 16 competition in Victoria. So I was lucky enough to uh, to start when I was 15. So I had uh, three years of that level and then um, uh, went up in the seniors uh, for a couple of years. So I uh, was very fortunate, you know, my hero as a, as a as a youngster was Johnny Platten, which uh, grew up down the road from where we were. And um, so he was quite influential in my uh, my style of play. I was I'm only a little fella, so about the same height as Johnny Platten, so five, six, five, seven. Um, but I had a, uh, yeah, had a, had a lot of opportunities, probably didn't quite make the most of them. Um, but yeah, fortunate enough, I, uh, I won this, uh, uh, what they call them, the Callum Medal here in South Australia, which was the, the best uh, player for the under-18s uh, here in South Australia in 87. And that sort of gave me some opportunities um, pretty quickly. Um, like I said, didn't quite make the most of it, but had a great time and and are still involved with some you know players that uh, you know, played 250, I feel games and, and league games, so yeah, still feel very fortunate to to have got involved in that. Um, I was a pretty good runner uh, as a, as a young fella. I, I was a fifteen hundred meter state champion. Uh, I ran a four nineteen, which if wow. uh, if you work that out is is reasonably quick. Would uh, in this day and age, if uh, they taught, call it the combine draft um that would probably get me in the top two or three in australia so uh, i had a reasonable motor um or ability to go for a reasonable time frame but probably maybe a couple of yards too slow for the absolute elite level for a bloke my size but uh yeah i could scoot along at a reasonable level for a, a reasonable period of time in my peak which was around 17 18 so yeah interesting used to do a lot of miles um my father was a bit of a stickler about training, so he sort of pushed me along 
uh, quite a lot in my teenage years. And uh, I, I used to do 25, 30Ks a week, three, eight, nine K runs a week and uh, had a lot of time to think about it. So uh, yeah, became a reasonable runner. So yeah, it was interesting. So yeah, that was my uh, my involvement with footy. And then oh, I played a lot of amateurs for probably seven or eight years in my mid to mid twenties and then got involved in business and then uh, sort of kept away from the game. And then in my early to mid forties, I, I started getting involved in the game uh, from a coaching perspective. First of all, with my kids, and then uh, I got the bug, and then uh, got involved back into Santa Fe underage, which is the um, from 14, 16s to under 18s, which is the TAC uh, level for Victoria, and uh, that was very enjoyable. And I did that for about six or seven years, but um, by the end of it, it's it's very time consuming coaching if you if you want to do it properly and you're passionate. It, it sort of becomes virtually a part-time job, um, and I just didn't have the time. But yeah, I had had the uh, the privilege of uh, being involved with five or six guys that are playing AFL today, and probably uh, most of us know Will Day from Hawthorne, um, um, and, and others that play at Essendon, um, Bay McCreary for Collingwood. He's a great, interesting story. He's a great story of perseverance and and why you should never pigeon people or players. So he came from left field, a lot of natural talent, and it was just amazing to see where he's going. Uh, Luke Edwards for West Coast uh, and a couple of others at uh, one at Sydney and um, and one at Essendon. So yeah, very, very fortunate, uh, and a host of guys that are running around in the Santa Fe at the moment. So, yeah, loved it. But you yeah, just say time consuming. Time can time. You just can't, can't get enough of it, can you? Must be really humbling uh, to be able to sit back and see these guys that you coached that are, I guess, coming up through the ranks and now seeing them, um, you know, performing on the big stage. Especially a couple of them maybe going to a, uh, a grand final. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, you only you have that small, you know, that small part to play. I mean, majority of it is these kids, you know, up to them to to take them to the next level. But you know, you'd love to think that you just have something a very small part to play in their journey. And you know, some of these kids aren't necessarily the best player at 16, 17, and they get a growth spurt or or something just clicks. They they take a big grab or they do something special, and it just gives them that belief and uh, an ability to uh to think that i can do it and then it's you, you need a bit of luck to get drafted um after top after the part you know the top once you get past the top 30 there isn't generally a lot of difference between 31 and 60. it's just how people see you so um and and, and again um bay mccreary an amazing amount of ability um, X factor, but probably wasn't the hardest trainer and had a few issues from 16, 18. And, uh, but, uh, the right people saw him and, and, and saw what others couldn't see and, and, and the rest is history. So yeah, it's just amazing. Um, great lad. So it's great to see these guys get some success and, and hopefully set their, uh, their, their, their life up. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting when you see people, you know, anyone achieve great things, and especially those that you, like you said, you've had a, a hand in helping along the way. Um, so, boys, uh, who are we on this weekend? We're like, I, I think the Lions are going to go all the way, aren't they? Hope not. Well, I think it's uh, yeah, the Lions should be uh, pretty happy um, with what's how it's played out, but. Uh, They've still got to get there. They've got to do the job this week and uh, and then get into the big dance. So, um, but yeah, you'd rather be in Brisbane's position, I think, um, than um, in Carlton. The Collingwood game, I think that's GWS is just, they're pretty hot at the moment, aren't they, boys? They certainly are. 
I think uh, they'll yeah, give them a good yeah, shake. They're, they're performing well. I think one of their best seasons. So, Ian, who's your pick for the grand final, mate? Who's going to get through this weekend? Oh, it'll be Brisbane Collingwood, I think. Oh, I think Brizzy, if I was uh, having a putt. Yeah, Brisbane. Um, I mean, the Collingwood should get there, but GWS's style at the moment and the confidence and the belief in that group. I saw the game on Saturday night, and um, they got some big, some big beasts. Yeah, they got some genuine beasts uh, in the middle. Um, they're strong in the defence. They got a couple of big monsters there in the forward line that are, are firing. And um, the line uh, from their coach, "Why not us?" is just yeah, a beautiful line. I. I've stolen, I've written it down, and I'll use it going forward. Why not us? Um, and I think that's the case. I think they've got the uh, the right mojo. Um, geez, 90,000 Collingwood fans. Will, the 19th man at <laughs> the MCG may have uh, something to play out if it gets tight. But time it's to tell. A, it's amazing that like that supporter base um, can really, like you said, just create an energy that can just lift a team. Um, and you know, that, that could be the tipping thing to have 90,000 screaming fans behind you, pushing you down the line, uh, definitely, definitely helps. Oh, it certainly does. Uh, so that's the A grade sport. What about the B grade sport that's going on this weekend? Again, uh, we're talking about B grade sport. We're talking, um, about B grade states, um, both, uh, Queensland teams, uh, yeah. looking like they might take out, um, the finals in both leagues. No, Penrith's still the favourite in the NRL. Oh, Penrith? You know what? Yes. I, I have to agree that Penrith are definitely the dominating team. Brisbane uh, are playing good, though. It's going to be interesting. This is a this will be an interesting week. Oh, it's it's going to be a cracker of the yep. of a week. Uh, now we're talking about the the real footy. Um, you know, <laughs> Brom goes up against the Warriors. Um, you know, all the pressures on the big big Huss. Uh, so they put it on, you know, put it on him to lead the team forward. It's going to be a bat- definitely a battle in the forward that game. And then, like you said, you go down to Penrith, yeah. and then you got um, Penrith Storm, which is battle of the skill. Like really, you got some of the best halves in the game. You know, going to be orchestrating. Um, you know, kicking the ball down deep and really playing a tactical game. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a top weekend and um, two great games of footy. Uh, or four, you know, when you bring in the AFL as well. It's it's going to be an awesome weekend for footy. Hopefully the yeah, weather will be good. good. Uh, yeah, it's a, a great weekend. And, and I think the advantage for Brisbane uh, with the Broncos, um, they'll take 16 of the 18 pages of the, the sport. So, the you know, it, it, it might just take a bit of pressure off of Brisbane uh, not being... You know, having the whole pages on them. So, um, but they're a good team. Uh, they're very strong in the, the forward line and their backs. And if they can get 50-50 in the middle, they win. Uh, I think it's simple as that uh, for the for the, for the the Brisbane boys. So I'm expecting to see them in the GF. I think it'll be good for footy. May not be good for the AFL, but it'll be good for <laughs> Uh, it's always good when, you know, underdogs or teams from other states and, you know, keeping it alive and, you know, that state rivalry that, um, you know, we, we obviously all all have inbreded in us. It would be it would be very interesting to see a uh, Brisbane GWS AFL grand final. And the thing that I would – then I, what I love even more is that will then spark some ridiculous debate that the AFL Grand Final should move to Brisbane or Sydney or something ridiculous like that, which we get the same stuff with the NRL Grand Final, yep. which I'm sure when Brisbane make the NRL Grand Final, that they'll be saying that they should get the Grand Final. And please, the Grand Final for the AFL will never leave the MCG and the NRL Grand Final will never leave Sydney. So let's just put the debate to end, please. Makes for interesting news for at least a week, though. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's right. I mean, the the revenue that's raised. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, the, I'm sure that it's a bit different with the AFL to the NRL where 
everywhere you go, it's they're fanatics. And I think the last the last penny to drop was Sydney. Yeah, I guess that now that they are legitimate fanatics, they sell out all their games. Like it's 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 the same wherever you go, but you can't you can't not play at the MCG. It's like it's the holy grail. It's the place that needs to be, right? Yeah, it's obvious. The holy grail. That's right. It's every boy's dream to to play there, and uh, and on the and the last day of September. So yeah, no, I think I think you're right, Matt. It, it, it will never change, and there's just too much money at stake. To be able to change it, Uh, it's just it's one of the the biggest income days for for both sports, I'm guessing. So you can't see it, and of course, you know the corporates, you know, make up so much of that revenue on that day. So no, it's not changing, is it? No, it's not. But it's also the history, like you said, Dean. You you got it correct. It's every boy's dream, right? You know, growing up as a kid, coming up through the ranks. You know, watching your favourite team win that grand final. It's all at, you know, the MCG for the AFL and obviously the football stadium in Sydney for the NRL. But that's history. That's that's what it's all made of. That's what you grow up, you know, wanting that one day, you know, and so few people get that opportunity. So for politicians or for, you know, people to think that they could just take it to another state all based on revenue... It's just never going to happen. Ah. No, it won't. You can talk about emotion and all that stuff, but, you know, the mighty dollar is just, you know, going to control it. And TV rights, it's just it's just the best. It's the best stadium to be able to, to watch it. And I'm assuming the same in the Sydney market. So, yeah. Yeah, where, where are you going to build a stadium for 100,000 people? I don't know. In this day and age, so it's just got to stay there, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Dean, obviously you you've got four stores in Adelaide. You've come from, uh, and Michael touched on this before, like a, a sporting background and a team background. What, what experience do you draw on? Obviously, you've got your own team from a from a work and a business perspective. Now, you must draw on a lot of your experiences through your sporting and and your life to to sort of to put into your stores, right? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's quite an interesting thing, but um, when we employ, especially in my younger days or a few years ago, I used to love employing uh, salespeople that, that might have had a, a reasonable sporting background because, you know, most sporting people that are uh, have achieved or at a reasonable level have to have a certain level of drive they they tend to be uh a bit more focused they they want to win um and in sales there is no second prize i always say that to people you know it's not like horse racing where you become second or third you get a prize in sales you either close the deal you either get the, the commission or you don't there is no second prize so that tends to work well with um, with people in sport. You know, some of them got bigger egos. Um, so I, I look for that, and then it's about trying to um, evolve them in, a, in an environment where they're a team, part of a team. Um, so yeah, we, we draw on uh, some of our sporting background and, and look for that. Um, are they team first? Are they an individual? Um, do will they go the extra mile to get the deal? Um, so I think there's a lot of a lot of similarities um, in sport. You need to have that certain level of um, ego, um, and you also need to be be a team person. So if you can get that right person, that you can combine two, three major elements uh, and they've got a bit of natural flair, they'll, they'll become an exceptionally good salespeople. Um, and, and I think right across the board in a lot of industries, you've seen uh, a lot of salespeople get involved in real estate or, or the car industry um, because, again, there's a certain amount of ego involved and a certain uh, belief structure that, you know, you've got to get the deal, you've got to get the listing, you've got to get the sales. So... Yeah, I think that you can use sport um, very much in business 
uh, and you see a lot of the the great sports people that are making a great living on the on the circuit, um, giving a lot of advice to to major companies how to how to build team, how to build teams and how to get the best out of your people. So I think it is very important for sure. So building teams, you've built uh, four stores now uh, as part of the Floor World franchise uh, through uh, the Greater Adelaide. Is there any more? Uh, are you done with four? Uh, have you got more to achieve? Um, I'm not sure if achieve is the right word. Um, I, I guess once you get to, well, the reason we went to a fourth store is that having three shops is, is a little bit of no man's land. It, you, you're a decent size, but you're, you're not necessarily big enough to to put on the extra layer of management to try to take a bit of pressure off of yourself. So that was part of the reason why we went to the fourth store because the economies of scale start to come in your favour. And then if you go to the fifth store, it, it really is just people. Um, uh, that That's all it becomes. It's about getting the right people or wanting the right people, to use a, a different term, um, because our infrastructure is, is in place. Um, our warehouse is, is pretty big. Um, the admin's not going to change. So the economies of scale come really well. So, yeah, we, we potentially could be looking at something down south of Adelaide, which is um, uh, a pretty big market. It's probably, yeah, it's still probably hard. A third of, a, of Adelaide would, would be able to work through there. So there's, there's potential for that later in the year. Um, but once you get to about five or six, then it's the next level because you then you need another another layer of management. So probably at my age, 53, uh, maybe one more would be about where we sit, but we'll just see how it goes in the, in the near future. Uh, we'll see the how the interest rates um come through and, and how that the next six to nine months, I think we haven't seen the worst of it from a, a retailing side of it. I think there's a little bit more still to play out. And then um, hopefully in the next second half of next year, uh, the, uh, the domestic retail market will really start picking up again. Uh, with seven or 800,000 people coming to the country, they do have to live somewhere and um, so there's got to be a, a, a lot of houses that are going to be built, um, no doubt. So I, I think this sort of correction that we're having at the moment is, is, is really only a, a bit of a blip. Uh, and there's still plenty of business out there. Just have to work a bit harder than we've had in the last three years. Yeah, to totally agree. Uh, we're seeing the same, you know, in our landscape across, I guess, the whole of Australia. Um, if you're hungry, the work's there. Um, and like you said, you know, people are still coming, uh, land's getting developed. Um, so you put yourself in the right position at the right time and, um, you know, it'll all come. Uh, what, what's that uh, saying, Matt? You're a big movie buff. If you if build it, he will come. He will come. Uh, it's, it's, the footy term is being front and center and being available. So yeah, it, it, it is, it's about being available, um, being ready and, prepared to do the little bit of difference. Um, you know, it still amazes me. I mean, people talk about competition. The biggest competition we look at is ourselves. You know, we're not worried about what others, what others are doing. It's about what we're doing and how we're going about it. And if we do that well enough, long enough, um, you know, we're going to continue to get the results. Albeit there's a few less, probably 15, 20% less punters out there, but there's still you know, the, the, the wealth of people that are over 40 in the next 10, 15 years, the, you know, that, that end of the market, they've just got so much money to, to potentially spend and renovate and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think we're in a, still a very good position compared to a lot of places around the world. So upwards and onwards, I'd say. Well, I, I also think it, there's been some, movements with interest rates mm. so i think that there's a prediction that they're going to start to slide down again which means that people's spending will start to go up again because i think for the last 12 months we've really been strangled by by the the, the, the interest rate 
uh, situation here in, in the country, which probably needed to happen to a little extent, but they've proved a point. Now, drop the interest rates, let everyone spend their money again, and everyone's happy. So I think that's on the horizon as well, which is a bit exciting. Well, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it, the, the, the people that are probably hurting the most are people that have bought into the, the top of the cycle and, you know, generally they're under 35. So, um, you know, but that's, again, it's it's a bit of short-term pain and, you know, without getting involved in politics, but, you know, it, it has been a very, very good run for for majority of Australians that work for a, a reasonable time. And, um, I mean, I look around where I live and, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to live in a reasonable affluent suburb. Um, the coffee shops around us don't seem to be uh, thinning out any any different. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the bottles of wine that are being soaked up don't to be look, don't, don't seem to be $20 off the shelf stuff. So uh, I, I think there's a... Um, fair indication that, uh, yes, there is a percentage of people that have hurt and will continue to hurt, unfortunately, but there's plenty that, that aren't, uh, you know, their lifestyle hasn't changed too much at all. Um, there is a lot of people that have made a lot of money in the last three, four years on the stock uh, stock exchange and real estate. Um, you know, most house prices, you know, in South Australia is still very strong. Uh, they're obviously a bit, come off a bit in Victoria and, and parts of Sydney and other areas, but it hasn't been anywhere near the drop that people were potentially talking about. So mm. if I was a uh, buying into real estate and I could afford it, I'd be buying now because I think next couple of years it's going to move north very quickly again. Yeah. Mate, I reckon that the tip is lots of investment properties, lots of renovations, lots of new flooring. Make me very happy. Well, that's what we like to hear. We like people to be buoyant, uh, don't we? So we, we want them feeling that way. And well, look, it's good for the economy. It's not just the flooring. It's the curtains, the blinds, the new fridge, everything that gets associated with it. And I guess that's what makes a, uh, an economy strong. And uh, and we have got, a, you know, overall pretty strong economy, I guess. And uh, as we all know, it's bloody hard getting good people at the moment. It's, it's probably the hardest I've ever found to... To get anyone, and um, and I think that's going to be the case in the foreseeable future. So um, I, I just think, you know, three and a half, four percent unemployment, whatever it is, very different from when I first started. You know, ten percent unemployment, where you just about begged to get get a job and do anything to keep a job. Whereas at the moment, it's uh, it's still a uh, an employer uh, employees market, I think. So. Um, so there you go, all your bosses. Make sure you look after your employees. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ian, I, uh, I heard that, mate. How long have <laughs> you been with us now, Ian? This is my ninth year. I must be doing something right. <laughs> he does live in <laughs> Melbourne, though, and you are on the Gold Coast. <laughs> well, I actually think Ian lives in Adelaide because I look at his expense bill every month yeah. and I can tell you um, 90% of all his expenses That's... are in Adelaide. And now I know where uh, all the uh, the flashy wines and yes. dinners and yes. all are going. Yeah, yeah that's just like you do that for dinner. They're definitely not $20 night. bottles of wine on the expense. Don't worry about the expense. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Dean? I'm not, mate. And the no. talks of another store, I'm, uh, I'm actually thinking of buying a house in Adelaide just so Ian can live there. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, mate, I reckon that's a really good place to leave it. I think, uh, obviously, you're kicking goals there, pun intended, in Adelaide, four stores, looking at possibly another one. You've got you've got a quality, clever choice rep looking after you, buying you, uh, you know, $40 bottles of wine every time you go to dinner. It, it just not, it, it couldn't be better. $40, geez, I reckon we wish they were. I think he maybe spotted that uh, expense. Yeah. Matt, his last <laughs> bottle of wine was 150 so don't no, start very, saying very, that, Dean. Yeah. I, I, I was leading you down that yeah. path, Ian. I was yeah. leading you down that path. Good thing yeah. about Ian, he just dobs himself. <laughs> yeah, he's right. hopeless. Yeah. He's hopeless. He's <laughs> hopeless. Uh, Okay, yeah, okay, Dean. We've got uh, we've got just to finish up every every podcast. We've got what we call the fast five, where I'm going to ask you uh, five uh, inane questions, 
and just uh, give us uh, the, your answer, that which is top of your mind. Okay, fair so, enough. So, mate, okay, question one, beach or bush? Beach. Yeah, good call. Uh, yeah, be careful of the sharks down there, but I hear you. Uh, okay, then uh, holidaying, home or abroad? Oh, abroad. What's your favourite destination? Vietnam. Yeah, nice. Good call. Good call. Okay, big. this is the big one. Spray on or roll on deodorant? Oh, spray on for sure. Oh, you're a manly man. I like it. Spray on. I, I'm a big roll-on guy, you know. Really? Oh, there you go. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, 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 I've been through a few different. I found that I've, I'm big on the roll-on now. Love it. Uh, okay. One food for the re- – you can only eat one food for the rest of your life. What is it? Barramundi. Ooh, okay. Yeah, nice. Barramundi. Okay. okay, then. And last, last but not least – Last but not least, one movie for the rest of your life. What is it? You can only watch one. One big, uh, my big Greek fat wedding. One of the, I just love that series. Um, <laughs> uh, There's a new one coming out as well. I just went to the movies right, on the weekend to watch it. And, yeah, my Greek, oh, what is it? My Greek fat wedding. One of, one of those, so I'll never get it right with cliches, but uh, I love that movie. Um, brand and uh, you're going to watch the uh, the new one I think next Saturday so yeah love it very funny uh, just relates to some aspects of me growing up um, with some family and the way they used to carry on so yeah, yeah. some interesting uh, things out of that movie that just relate to me so that's why I love it I can never get sick of watching it yeah, Excellent. You'll, you'll love it. I went and watched the third one um, on the weekend, and uh, this one's actually based in Greece and hilarious. I was in, in stitches the whole way, so you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait, boys. Can't wait. Dean, it's been an absolute pleasure. Ian, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Matt. Uh, and, guys, if you're there in South Australia, you've got to go and see one of uh, Dean's four stores. He is the man. He's the floor man in uh, South Australia, and the, and the guy to see. He's the floor man of floor world. He's the floor man of floor right. world. Thank you very much, boys. It's been a pleasure. Love chatting. We'll do it again. Thank you. Thanks, Dean. Thank you. And, guys, keep listening to The Underlay every two weeks, but it's bye for now. Bye. listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.